Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This podcast is powered by SportString. Your digital water cooler. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Caught in the Net. Your basketball player development podcast. My name is Dave Severns, along with my guest host or co-host, I guess, not guest host, co-host, uh, Mike Procopio. Sweetchuck, how are we doing today? Oh, Sev, shit. Fucking sun's out, you know, <laughs> fucking everything's good, man. Nothing to complain about. Not yet. 
Anyway. You know, it, it was sunny here in Manhattan Beach all morning. Mm-hmm. Now it's about 1130 and, and a little bit of fog is rolling in, sweet Chuck. I'm not real happy yeah, about that. Yeah, I really that. feel fucking bad for you, brother, the way you're living. <laughs> I really feel bad for you that you have to see clouds. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been beautiful. Uh, we're on a Wednesday here, sweet Chuck, the day after the Lakers funeral procession rolled through the streets of Los Angeles. Oh, boy. Uh, because of their uh, elimination from the play-in tournament. Not the playoffs, sweet Chuck. Mm-hmm. The play-in tournament. Eh, Sev, you know, people... Uh, you know what, sweets? Uh, sorry to cut you off, but you and I saw this coming back in December, to be honest. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man. You know, I don't get too worked up about it. It's something that we just sort of rationally say where, where they're going to be and how right. the team is sort of built and... That's it. I don't want to spend 10 fucking seconds you know, no. listening to fucking Stephen A. Smith or any of these other jerk-offs, you know, about it. All, all I know is I saw I saw a lot of uh, Laker fans on suicide watch on the Strand this morning during my Yeah, walk, I don't, so I don't, we'll just, I don't really, we'll leave it at I that. I don't paint my face and worry, worry about <laughs> team's records so I could kill us. So. Uh, and la- hey, last night I went to a, a really entertaining G League playoff game. Mm-hmm. South Bay Lakers and the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors. What a defense being played in those things. Oh, it was, it was like 130 to 100. You know, it's just, you know, if, if you like like run and gun, you know, almost like pick up basketball for 48 minutes, that's, that's your deal. Uh, hey, Sev, so Sev. It, it was an interesting if, game. If these people want to listen to fucking NBA, they can listen to Ryan Rosillo. They're not going to listen to what's about talking about the NBA. <laughs> so let's get on with what we got to talk yeah. about. All right, yeah, let's get on with it. Hey, this week, uh, Sweet Chuck, we want to talk about, you know, what happens, you know, pregame in the NBA, during the game in the NBA, and then postgame, um, as far as assistant coaches, player development coaches, and their – relationship and their uh, dealings with the players in those three areas, pregame, during the game, postgame. Okay. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we'll, we'll subtract the people that are just, you know, with a mask and gun stealing money and not doing anything for any of those three right. parts. But we'll talk about, yeah, I think that's an important part of it because you know, you're teaching and you're working with players doesn't stop when practice stops or workouts stop or – you know, the game is a big part of a development lesson just, you know, because there's lessons to be taught. There's right sort of a mentality that has to be reached and there's expectation level of how a player is going to perform, um, at least for, you know, effort standpoint and being engaged, you know, in, in how they take that information and what they do with it during a game. And mm-hmm. I think as coaches, we got to give them feedback and continue to keep them motivated sure. and give them sort of advice, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, we're, we'll talk about, you know, the guys that play a little bit. Okay, say say the guy maybe, you know, he's an end-of-the-bench guy, but the coach throws him into the game for five or ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So we'll hit that guy. But really, we want to focus on the younger players that, that probably aren't going to get into the game. Maybe they're first- or second-year guys, two-way guys, mm-hmm. and they don't get into the game. And how important it is for them to be engaged uh, during the game and after the game. So that's kind of the path that we want to go down this week. Yeah. Um, and, and because you and I have seen it. And it, 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 when I first got into the league, which like it drove me crazy when I would see guys on the bench who probably knew they weren't going to play. And just over there, you know, goofing around and a lot of tomfoolery, you know, not really being engaged in timeouts mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. And just, 
just the lack of professionalism, I think, really surprised me. Um, so that's something that, that we're going to talk about. And let's start, Sweet Chuck, with, you know, the young guys uh, getting to the arena, mm-hmm. uh, and it's pregame time. Mm-hmm. So in my experience, the, the youngest guys, the rookies, and, and maybe the first-year guys or second-year guys, they're the ones that are going to get their work in first mm-hmm. uh, on the court. So uh, why don't you take us through, like, what happens with those young guys, you know, in their 20 to 30 minutes that they get on the court time pregame. Yeah, so everybody sort of has their different routine and the way they teach it and and what goes through it. Um, For me, when I was with Dallas, what we did was, and I got a little flack for it, but I I wanted to make sure that the rookies were there as early as possible. I wanted them on the floor, especially the ones that weren't going to play that much. So I wanted them on the floor for about 45 minutes. You know, usual pregame workouts for a vet is 15. Um, But like 45 minutes, I wanted to go hard. I wanted to get a sweat. I wanted them to really get get moving. And what I want to have them to do is the normal game, 7.30 for Dallas – I'd want them at the arena by, you know, on the court by, I believe it was 4.30. Um, right. You know, being, I think that's being on the floor. Right. I, I think even earlier than that in some cases, 4, 4 or 4.15. But I wanted them there. They had to be, they're the first ones to get on the court. So, you know, they'd have to go in, they'd have to stretch, they have to do their work with the trainer and strength coach, and then get on the floor um, for that 4 or 4.15 sort of shooting time. And, Right. Yeah, it'll be 45 minutes of hard work. It'll be talking to them regularly, staying engaged, seeing how they're doing. But depending on what position they were, we just sort of put them through a different routine. Again, a lot more mm-hmm. reps and a lot more work and a lot more load as far as physical toll in their body compared to what you would do with a vet. Right. And, and I found that, that sometime during this 45 minutes, you know, because with the young guys starting that early in the day, you know, 4, 430, you get a little more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can get up to 45 minutes and a lot of times uh, you can get some two on two, some three on three, really live action, you know, especially if you've got some player development coaches that can get on the floor and play. Mm-hmm. So we found that that was a good time to actually have these guys play live three on three, right. two on two. Uh, and the, the only the only time that that would be affected is if now you'll have sometimes on teams where really veteran players. Um, would want to get on the court really early mm-hmm. first. And I've seen that happen before. I know like sometimes when we had Chris, he would like to get out there really early, like four o'clock and get his work in, uh, which would kind of bump those young guys back a little yep. bit. But other than that, you know, those young guys would come out, like you said, four thirty or so, maybe three hours before the game. So really hard work. It's either going to be, you know, no defense or, or maybe some two on two or three on three, one on one. But really hard game speed, knowing that those guys aren't probably going to play in the game. Yeah, yeah. You want them to sort of get a um, a game simulated forty five minutes of hard work, of running, sprinting, getting the shots, getting the spots, correcting. Right. But you want them to sort of feel like a regular vet who's going to be playing thirty. I mean, the closest you can get. You're never going to get there, but the closest you're going to get to an actual vet playing you know, game, you know, regular game minutes. So that's the goal in mind to try to get them as big a sweat as possible. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and I dealt with the same uh, problem that you dealt with, with Chris, I dealt with, with Vince Carter, Vince Carter wanted to mm-hmm. get there first. And then, you know, um, 
He would kick Mark Cuban off the court and say, hey, it's my turn to shoot now, Mark. Stop shooting. Yeah, no wonder why he got cut. No wonder why he didn't last all that long. No, but... Hey, hey by, by the way, I've sat there many times and watched Mark shoot pregame sure. before the players. Sure. He got a severe hitch in his shot. He, he, you know, he needs to fix that, sweet. Yeah, if you're worried about Mark Cuban's shots, I think you've really got more things, pressing things to be worrying about. I've just got a keen eye, sweet Chuck. Anybody that jumps on the court to shoot, i got a keen sure. eye. Sure. But you know what else? You know what else I have a keen eye for? The next commercial? My immune system, sweet sure. Chuck. And now if it's time for you to reclaim your health and, and really arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during the end of this cold and flu season, uh, you got you to gotta check out Athletic Greens, sweet Chuck. It's one scoop in your cup of water every day and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills or Flintstone vitamins, as you mentioned, uh, any kind of supplements, all right? To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D uh, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. How was that? Well, again, until they're giving me free product, I'll be taking my Flintstone vitamins and, and urging people go. to do the same. <laughs> okay, so we've got these, these young uh, rookies, first year, you know, two-way guys on the court. And a lot of times what now, – now, the doors to an NBA arena open 90 minutes before the game. Mm-hmm. So the normal fans probably don't get in there in time enough to see these young guys really get after it and go through their workout. But if they were able to, what they would see is when they're done, a lot of these guys will then do sprints mm-hmm. um, on, on the side of the court. You'll see the strength and conditioning guy, you know, making them get their wind sprints in. Or even sometimes, Sweet Chuck, I've seen the guys run the arena stairs, you know, up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes even an assistant coach will jump in there. I, mean, I remember um, we, had a, we had a guy on our team a few years ago who's now an assistant with Minnesota. His name is Pablo Prigioni. Mm-hmm. One of the best all-time guys. But he was a fitness freak, mm-hmm. you know, keeping himself safe. So he would come out there, and before his encore workout, sometimes he would start running the stairs with these young kids. You know, and he's out there at 35, 37 years old, whatever it is, getting it in. God bless him. God, yeah, God bless him. So, yeah, I think, I think pregame is very important. You know, it's important to get a sweat. It's important to get their reps. It's important then after you work the player out to be able to spend – five, six, seven minutes with them, talking to them about checking with them how they're doing. And then also, right. you know, talking to them about, you know, just sort of having conversation, things to key in on in the game without, you don't really need to watch the film or anything with them. In my opinion, I, th- I think you just say, Hey, look, here's the things that, you know, I've been, po- I've been seeing of your game that I think you need to change heading into tonight. Right. Some things to just to sort of keep your eye on and keep uh, focused in on. And then just mm-hmm. sort of, you know, that's the last time you're going to see him before the game starts. So just sort right. of have a – I think it's important to sort of bring him down to earth with that and talk to him and, and just sort of have a good, you know, little five- to seven-minute conversation with him after your game. And a lot of that could be, Sweet Chuck, hey, if you do get into the game tonight, that you know, be, these are the two or three guys that you're probably going to be guarding. Yeah. And you don't have to show a million clips. Just say, hey, just be aware that he does this, he does that, you know, whatever it is. You don't have to – kill them with film I don't think but just maybe put a reminder into their head if you do play you know this may be your matchup so just be aware of these things so now these these players these young guys 
you know, are off. Um, they're out of your hands now. And now the wave of regulars come start coming through uh, the court. You know, usually 20-minute increments, two guys at a time, mm -hmm. uh, all the way up until there's probably 40 minutes on the clock. I, I know at the Clippers we would go and meet at 35 as a team. Um, I don't know what you guys did with the, but most teams are going in at 35 or 40 on the yeah, clock. Yeah, 40 with us. To, to, to meet, yeah, to meet and show some – some brief film and then go over like the scouting report real quick mm -hmm. before they actually come out to the court. And that's usually as a team, they come out for layup lines at about 20 minutes. Um, so that 15 minute from 35 to 20, you know, is the coaches film, mm -hmm. any extra stuff, whatever. And then the players are on their own to stretch and, you know, get all hyped up for the game. Yeah. I think again, just putting them through the regular routine. And we talked about veterans now coming and shooting, you know, usually, like you said, two people at a time, sometimes three, depending on your court availability. And then the right. vets, their, their workout will be a lot less, usually about 15 to 20 minutes. And again, just to get them sort of warm, loose in rhythm, uh, just to see how their shot feels, put them through different types of situations real quick, like you know, positional shooting and all that. And again, moving spot to spot, moving them quick. Don't spend too much time. It's not really a teaching time for a vet. Not a teaching no, time. It's no. just get shots up, get them loose, get them sort of ready for the game, and then into the locker room. Right. Now, the most to me, Sweet Chuck, the most important part, there's three parts of, of, of this show today. There, there's the pregame, there's the game, and then there's the postgame. Mm -hmm. To me, the most important part of the engagement that you're going to have with that player is during the mm -hmm. game. So could you take us through a little bit, uh, you know, the game starts, these guys are probably going to play. Mm -hmm. So take, take our listeners through a little bit about what you think is important and how much to talk to the guys and what to point out to them during the game. Well, I think, first of all, to, to see that what the position, the, the teammate of the position that's playing ahead of them, how they're playing, right. what they're doing, different things that they're doing, why are they effective, are they getting in the paint, why are they getting in the paint. Are they, you know, what types of shots are they getting and why? Their execution, changing speeds, just different things depending on position. So that's like, that's my number one. Number two, what is the opponent doing at, at that position? Because if you go in, you'll be defending. Do they go right more than left? Do, you know, how do they finish? You know, do they foul? Do they go for fakes? Do they, you know, do they ball watch off the ball with his cutting opportunities? So paying attention to not only the players that are playing ahead of you, but also the opponent defending that position. You know, that's right. number one. Number two, when we're in a huddle, being, being in front of the huddle, being first in line, finding out what play we're running, who we're running it to and why. And then I always would want to ask that player coming out of a huddle back to their seat, what are we running? Who are we going to? And what type of shot are they going to get? So they're engaged in the game. And I think that right. like if they're not playing, that those two things are really important. A, watching what's going on in the game, asking them questions throughout the game with like, hey, how's Chris Paul playing? And, and, you know, and, or why? And why he's playing that way, good, bad, or different. And then also in a huddle, what we're doing. Because a lot of times like Carlisle would drop a play, erase the play, and then like eight mm -hmm. seconds to go before you have to get on the court, he'd be like, hey, Severance, get in the game. And then like... It's yeah. not like you can't really look at the board or anything. So that's why it was important not to be goofing off in the back, but also be in the front, watching the play, being engaged. And just in case you're going to be the one called in, which, 
most you know that's probably not going to happen but just in case it is you're, you're engaged what was your yeah no, what, what, what would you do well what well there's two things that i approach this from two ways one when i was coaching uh i i, I was really and not, not demanding but i you know it's like the young guys if they're not paying attention to their, they're in a timeout you gotta you, hey you know get in the hole right. you know and then the second thing from a scouting standpoint i remember you know when i'm scouting uh, opponents, especially young players or, you know, players that may be free agents or something you're thinking about trading for, you watch them during the timeout. Okay, are they down on the baseline, you know, screwing around with veteran guys and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, not paying attention, you know, looking at the crowd, looking at girls, you know, watching the mascot, whatever, and not engaged. Well, that tells you a little bit about that player. Hey, look, he's not engaged during the timeout. Maybe he's really not focused. Um, so I, I look at it from two different ways. Now, just so our listeners understand, like, during the game, okay, game action is going on, and especially if you're like a player development coach and you're sitting behind the bench, you, you really don't have the, the opportunity to talk to guys much during the game. Um, you know, what, what we're talking about is now during timeouts, at halftime, and all that yeah. stuff. You know, during the game, if you're fortunate enough to sit, be sitting right behind a player – Maybe you can, you know, say some stuff to him. But normally, it's during time. Yeah. Out. See, I sat. I'm, thankfully, I didn't have to sit in back of the head coach, because like, look, mm-hmm. what, what was I going to do anyway? Even if I was there, I think I was like down end of the bench, which is great, like middle to the end, which was great mm-hmm. because on the road I was in the end. Usually at home I was in the middle. So now you have access to players. You could tap them on the shoulder. You could talk to them. Right. Engage with them. You got to keep them fresh because if you just if, if they're going to pl- not play and no one talks to them and they're not engaging in the game, this is a part – player development isn't just done on the court with reps and games and all that and drills and stuff. It's this, like, you know, like their game etiquette, being engaged in the game, paying attention to what's going on, not just goofing off on the time. Look, there's plenty of games and timeouts, and there's going to be some tomfoolery that goes into it. Players going to sure. be bored middle of the year, all that. But they got to really set a precedent early in the year where – they're engaged. They know what a game. We know what our ATOs are usually going to be. Yeah. You know, Do they know the game yeah. plan? Game plan is important. And continuously talking to them during the game. You know, if they go mm-hmm. before they get into a game, talk. You know, stopping them for eight seconds and just giving them one point when they come out of the game. Talking to them before they get to the huddle. Like I, I think the continuous like talk and communication with the player to keep them engaged is something that most assistant coaches don't do, and they missed a very valuable key, you know, um, sort of time to develop a player. Yeah, and, and just so our listeners understand, you know, on, on the front bench, there's the head coach and three assistants. Um, one of those three assistants is going to be in charge of the defense. One of those is going to be in charge of helping the head coach with the offense. And the other guy, to me, should be in charge of the bench. Like, you know, guys come out and, and he's got to talk them off the ledge. Right. Or if things are getting a little too uh, loose on the end of the bench, he's got to go down and calm that down. Uh, the best guy I've ever been around that I've seen do that is Sam Cassell. I mean, Sam was great. You know, Doc had, you know, the, his thing. And then the defensive coach did his thing. And the offensive assistant helped Doc. But Sam was the guy, you know, players come out of the game and he could talk them off the ledge. Or he could he could jump in their ass. Mm-hmm. If need be. And he, the superstars, last guy on the team, it didn't matter to Sam. Mm. Um, and he would kind of take care of the bench. Um, 
so that's kind of what happens on the front bench so, so our listeners kind of know what's going on and, and what the job responsibilities are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the defensive guy and the offensive guy, they're not going to be – they're more concerned about the, what the next play is, what the next coverage is. They're not going to be talking to these guys like you're – you're speaking on no but everybody uh, has a different role in a game like i, I right, don't think that right. i think that everything sh- that's not the role should put, you should put everything in compartments and i think that like that that's the one thing about having a big staff that is good in the nba is like you could say hey look you're in charge of this you're in charge of this you're in charge of this and i think that talking to players is important but if you're engaged in game plan engaged in calling out plays and things that shouldn't be your thing that i think that yeah, you know. but like for young coaches, yeah. Sev, for young coaches that don't really have responsibility yet because the coaches don't trust them with those responsibilities yet, talking to players during a game is fantastic. It's like, why wouldn't you do that? That just sort of helps you, builds your presence, builds your player relationship, and mm-hmm. builds you as a player development coach. I think it's a very good thing to and, do. And I think one of the best things a young coach can do like in, in, in these situations is ask players questions. You know, what do you see out there? What What's their pick and roll coverage when th- this guy's in the, you know, what would you do differently uh, in this situation? You know, you ask them questions instead of just giving them constant, you know, input, you, you need to be able to ask them questions. And there's there's a question I need to ask you. Fuck so, off with these um, fucking commercials, Seb. Go ahead. Okay, I'm just saying, hey, if, if you've downloaded your ColorCast app, or not. No, black and white cast I'm still on, Seb. Okay, well, hey, the ColorCast app is free from the App Store, and it's really good. All you got to do is create a profile and link it to your Twitter, and you can join you know, your league or your group of like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, go, you can go live and come in with your spiciest takes. You can talk to other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. It's great for watch parties, debates. Post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. You can also share your own experiences on the app. Uh, so go to ColorCast, download it today, and come with your spiciest takes. Yeah, you could join the nine other people that are listening to the show. Uh, you know when they download it, so that would be great. <laughs> ah, okay, sweet Chuck. The final horn goes off. The game's over. Win or lose, guys hustle into the locker mm-hmm. room. Um, and and just so. You know, fans kind of understand what happens in an NBA locker room. Uh, you know, the coaches have their own separate locker room. So the assistant coaches will go in there. The head coach goes into his. He has his own separate office, road or away. They always have a separate office for the head coach. And so the head coach goes and retreats, gathers his thoughts before he has to meet with the media. Assistant coaches go into their little office room and you know talk about whatever four or five minutes and then the head coach comes out addresses the team and people people are really surprised what what did coach say after the game mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. he said you know buses in an hour you know don't be late see you guys in on mm-hmm. the bus or see you on the plane or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's not a big like in college you know the coaches will go on for 10 or 15 minutes about what we did right what we did wrong rat and rave that doesn't happen in the NBA. It happens sometimes if it's a really bad game, but not many. Right, but, but it doesn't happen a lot. Not many. It doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, and, and you know, you got usually as a head coach, I've always said you got six bullets in your gun to use throughout the year. Uh, you know, where you really get after them or whatever. So you don't see much of that. Uh, it's it's like, uh, hey, we'll look at the film. Good game. I'll see you guys on the plane, and that's it. Uh, so now the players are cooling down and all that, but. This is the time post game for young guys where, you know, 
you can sit down, talk with them just for a few minutes, maybe evaluate the game. Maybe it's on the bus going to the airport, which I always thought was a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, guys get on the bus, you know, they're waiting, they'll go to the airport. You just go back and say, hey, what'd you think? You know, what, what'd you mm-hmm. see? Um, what, what was your experience with that? Because that's kind of what I like to do. Wait till we get on the bus, you know, or if it was a home game, just try to catch them before Dude. they leave. I ain't saying shit to a fucking player after a game. It's just like their their emotions all <laughs> no, not a whole lot. All emotions are yeah, round yeah, yeah, up, yeah. like especially the guys that play. Yes, yeah, you just let so, that go. But I'm talking about the guys, Sweet Chuck, maybe that didn't play. Would you hit them with just one or two thoughts? Maybe something. Oh, no. Maybe like if we're at home, maybe the next morning. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really do it because I find those though players like. They've been through that. Okay, so say a guy doesn't play for 48 minutes. So a lot of times, let's be honest, Sev, a guy thought he wasted his fucking time even showing up to the arena. They worked out. They practiced that day. They game planned. They worked out. They, they had to sit uh, two and a half hours in a game. You know, they're tired of it. Like, they didn't play. It's, they feel bad enough as it is. So to me, if you start talking to them, they're just sort of checked out most of them. Not all. So I waited to the next well, morning. I waited to be like, hey, look, okay. this is what I saw. This is what I thought. What would you think? And have a little yeah. conversation. If the guy played a little bit, I would then – Maybe a text. I would text him on the plane okay. and I'd be like, hey, yeah. look, I thought – I Good thought, job. Yeah, Bad I thought you played well. I, I would never really go nuts about playing bad or anything like that. Um, what I would do is I would just like – I'd be like, hey, good game. You know, hey, we'll get it back tomorrow. Uh, let's talk tomorrow in the morning. I thought you did sure. well at this, and then I, I would really leave it at that Let because it again, game like the travel or the game. Yeah, I know. That's I know, that's I know. to me yeah. now. Like you know, Dwight Powell would shoot after every home game that we play. He would shoot for like twenty minutes to an hour, depending on what he felt like. Sorry about that. Um, he he would shoot for like twenty minutes to an hour, and then we would talk a little bit. You know, at at some point during that shooting session, but like again sure. after the game, I let them decompress, and then because like as a coach, sometimes you might be pissed at the player. You don't really want to be coming at them the wrong type of way either. Give yourself a time to decompress, mm-hmm. but definitely address the game either that night later in a text or the next morning at the practice facility, or you meet the player out to eat, whatever. Talk to him. Right, and and let's be honest, sweet Chuck. If it's a Dallas home game for you, or if we're playing in Dallas as a visitor, these guys, these coaches and these players cannot wait to get to that spread. In I've Dallas. never seen it. It's and, a barbecue, right? Oh, it's right? ridiculous. It's like and it's the same thing every yeah. time. Uh, and it's barbecue with all the sides. And, you know, the coaches are, you know, obviously they're knocking each other down trying to get in there first. To me, yeah. But, <laughs> the, the barbecue in Dallas after the game Gold, is, is the best Golden the State to me was my favorite. <clears throat> yeah. Pro, first of all, they have Propel. That first of all, that locker room's ginormous. Oh uh, yeah, I I haven't been in the new one. At no, Center, the, old the old one, yeah, Oakland Coliseum one. You could scrimmage yeah. in there, sweet chuck. So like most Cute. of it and great pop. Most too. of it, most of the arenas you're in, it's like an Iraqi torture chamber, especially especially <laughs> Staples Center. Well, Dallas is the okay. I didn't, I've never the been in there. Coach or locker room. Never, oh, it's like there's eight coaches in there. There's like four. Yeah, hours. I've never been in there, but. You're you're turning around going. I don't like that. Yeah. So, but Golden State was great. They had Propel, which they had Propel. They had little bottles of apple juice, which was fantastic. They had popcorn was great. They had. You know what else they had? That 
Mountain Dew. Dew. They have Mountain Dew. Yeah, very few teams in the league have Mountain Dew, which is yeah, my so favorite. But Golden State had that great popcorn. I did Mountain hear Dew. about the barbecue in Dallas. I've never been. I never, oh, I never experienced that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's legendary. So anyway, that's, that's kind of it, sweet Chuck. And uh, then we, uh, you know, talk to the players the, the next day, and it's, it's Groundhog Day. You start the whole thing yeah. over again. But we just wanted to give our listeners a little, a little insight into what happens, you know, pregame and, and during the game and then maybe after the game a little bit. And, and never forget, sweet Chuck, that today's episode of Caught in the Net is brought to you by Sports Drink. Uh, Sports Drink is your digital water cooler. It's a newly created Internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. Have no idea what not sports is. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or social. A rising tide ri- lifts, lifts all, all boats. boats. That's a great. That's a great like philosopher line yeah. that these. You know, what is that like Hemingway yeah, or something? Aristotle maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aristotle couldn't go couldn't left. Couldn't go left. Yeah. So anyway, sportsdrink.org. Open it up. Type in sports drink, spelled like sports drink, but with no vowels. All we ask it, you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out, sure. Sweet Chuck. So um, that was, you know, a little bit shorter today, but I, I thought it was good. We, we gave our listeners about 30 minutes of what goes on, you know, player development-wise, you know, during the game I think, it, you know, maybe they could take back a couple of things, not everything, but take back a couple of things that they can do during a game, especially if they feel as though, like, they don't really have many responsibilities during a game where how right. can I help my team win a little bit more? I don't know any plays. I'm not really good X and O. Well, you know what? Talk to the players. Talk to the players coming out of a game. Talk to them coming into a game. Keep the, the ones that aren't playing engaged. Always sort of keep your eyes on all the players. Figure out you know, what's going on. I think that could really help you as a young coach mm-hmm. sort of develop your niche into player development. Yeah, and you have to, you have to develop a sense of you know, how to approach them. You know, if they're playing, you know, and things aren't going well and they come out of the game, you you can't be the guy that's just all aggressive and going up into them, you know. you you got to be able to figure out how and when to approach certain guys. And that's that comes with, you know, just figuring out your guys psychologically and kind of knowing how to approach them. Without question. Without question. Yeah. Anyway, Sweet Chuck, that's, uh, that's this week's episodes. What, what do you got planned for the rest of the week? Oh... Uh... You're coming out my way, sweetheart. Yeah, which means a lot of rain coming out to L.A. if I show up. Yeah, I'm going to be. Yeah. Every time Sweet Chuck comes to Southern California, he brings Wayne. I don't think that's happening this time, Sweet Chuck. You'll be down in Irvine, and we're going to have a good I time. I hope so, Sev. I, I truly hope so. So we'll see. All right. All right, until next week, thanks for listening, and you've been caught in the net. Got it.